Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day, your week, your month, your new year. We greatly appreciate it. I said Gordon Monson, but uh, what I really meant was Tony Soprano. Gordon rocking the like, like the, the nice warm-up pants today. What's, ah, forget about it. What's the matter with my pants? Nothing, nothing. It's just usually you only see like mob bosses lounging around and doing their daily activities in like, hey, like, hold a, on, like hold full warm up suits. Let, you look like let, a Russian hitman. Oh, oh, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Austin. <laughs> what? What are you? Are you showing Austin? Are they? I want to know. Are they breakaway pants or are they? What was that? Yeah. What was that? I was modeling. I was on the runway. These are, what do you mean? These are nice. Yeah, right. Exactly. Something Tony Soprano wears no, on a daily basis. No, it's not basis. like designer yeah, right. kind of loungewear. It's a, it's Jumpman. It's a, it's a warm-up. They're warm-up pants. Well, yeah. Yeah, right. But but it's not like they're some sort of glitzy, uh, you know, some sort of European model. This is good old Americana right here. Okay. So I'm too sexy for my shirt. Too sexy for my shirt. So sexy. It hurts. Uh, how was your new year, Gordon? How'd it go? Um, it was sedate. Meaning low key? Yes. And I, I, I ushered in the new year in bed. You didn't make it to midnight? Uh, I was awake, but I was in bed. <laughs> I didn't make it to midnight, so you should you asleep. You, you shouldn't have anything to. Well, there's to, nothing wrong. I feel bad about. I've, I've always, I've never, I always want to start the new year with a positive thought, and I've, I've made a tradition of that. Not that it lasts long or anything, right? But uh, so I was in bed, and uh, my lovely wife was there as well, and we were talking about uh, various things about the new year and whatnot. But I was in bed. I wasn't in bed. I you we, were you were flat out snoring. So we we ate a very large meal, meal <laughs> which I think had something to do with it. But anyway, we uh, after the uh, after the game, we threw on a movie and thought, well, let's just let's watch a movie. This will be fun. And uh, neither one of us uh, really. We both conked out on the couch. Let me put it that way. And then at two a.m., my wife wakes me up and says, "Yeah, we should probably we should probably go upstairs and go to bed." There's 
probably a whole lot of Ute fans out there who did want to go straight to bed. And, yeah, that uh, uh, maybe self-medicate or something. And uh, there was probably a lot of self-medicating going on. I would imagine. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about. Uh, the debacle that was that bowl game. I know you wrote uh, a column about it. We'll also uh, touch on your column you wrote today. You wrote about Kurt Cragthorpe. I did. Uh huh. The retiring Kurt Cragthorpe, and uh... you you borderline insulted him the whole column. I what? just uh, might add. I mean, <laughs> what it, are you it, talking you, about? It, it was it was a very nice insight into into Kurt. But I mean, you you called him cheap. <laughs> well, that's... you said he waffled. <laughs> Did not. Absolutely I did. did. I did not say he waffled. I went out of my way to say that I was not uh, criticizing him for waffling. Gordon, we can literally read between the lines, man. I, I, I just, you know what this reminds me of? What? This reminds me of when I did that feature on that Utah State football coach. What was his name? Uh, Gary the, Anderson? The one before uh, Brent Guy. Oh, um... Yeah, what was his name? What, what Forget his, his name, name now. Start with an A. Where's Scotty G? Scotty, text me. Anyway, I I wrote this glowing feature about him, and it, I've I've told you this before. At one point, I said he looked like Fred Flintstone, mm-hmm. and and he never forgot that. That's all he read. I'm sure he didn't. He didn't read all the wondrous things that the wonderful things I wrote about him. It was that I said he looked like Fred Flintstone. That's all I could remember. You're pointing out some various things in the column that uh, added credibility to what I was saying and counterbalance, but I called him generous. I said he was a terrific writer, uh, mm-hmm. a great reporter. I saw that stuff, too. Well, then, then why are you picking out I, a couple? Uh, I'm trying to find my favorite line in the whole thing, and I, I don't—I'm uh, just scanning through here. You, you basically said— uh, that he he went out of his way to please uh, managers and editors. You ba- little brown noser is no! basically what you slid you in are, there, Austin. I, can, I cannot believe that that's what you're taking out. Oh, of this. here it is. And much to the glee of Tribune editors and managers, he could and would do it on the cheap. Well, he did. That's part of his personality. That's who he is. Am I supposed to not mention that? The fact that he's staying at budget cut rate motels? I mean, it's supposed to be kind of a a, a, a fond farewell, you know? And, 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 and you're just lobbing bombs left and right. <laughs> not true. Not true. Right. Not true. Kurt wrote me a note, uh, emailed it to me, and said thank you that I had uh, presented him in a way that uh, was uh, more accurate than he could have uh, done himself. In fact, uh, Joe Baird, who is your current editor, yeah, um, and uh, knows you both and has for a long time, uh, here's his tweet <laughs> and link to your to your column. Here it says: Kirk Cragthorpe has left the building, retiring after 42 years. The last 29 at the Salt Lake Tribune as one of the best sports journalists the state of Utah has ever produced. Gordon Monson pays tribute to his longtime coworker here. See, paid yeah. tribute, didn't criticize to who. Co-worker? To his co-worker. To his co-worker. I mean, oh. Joe, who knows you both, could have easily put friend in that sentence. <laughs> and what did he do? Colleague sounds better. Colleague does sound better. Tribute to your longtime co-worker. My whole point... Hello, employee okay, 9367. Okay. First of all, 
I said that he was well thought out. He, he would think things through and consider every angle of an issue before he would commit to anything to writing. This is a compliment. He was looking for the proper point of view that was sometimes buried deep, and he considered, took everything into consideration, both the negative and the positive, and then came to a conclusion. I said, and that's a compliment, not any sort of criticism for waffling or for being irresolute. Mm -hmm. Gordon just makes his picks and tells me what's left over. By the way, Mick Dennehy was the uh, Mick Dennehy, yeah, Utah Utah State head coach. Thank Thanks. you, Scotty G. Yeah, for Mick, lobbing Mick that Dennehy. in here. But yeah, so I, I call. I said he was generous, a generous mentor to other writers, and and a great writer. But what, what do you? I don't understand what you're doing. Here. You he was a to, fine coworker. Wait, here's a, a fine coworker. I did not he, use the word coworker. That was not my word. Well, yeah, it's Joe who knows you both really well. <laughs> Uh, uh, my here here's another passage from this uh, this oh, hit boy. piece. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> okay, even I can't keep a, a straight face on that one. All right, uh, you said you would have thought the cash was coming straight out of his pocket, not the company's. <laughs> hey, look, Kurt will admit to you that he's frugal. <laughs> he's, You're he's, staying at the Ritz, and. <laughs> Kurt is at the, you know, local flea bag motel. You can tell that left an impression on you. Well, it was this was this was a this is what everyone over at the Tribune used to joke about. Mm -hmm. Everyone. Yes, um, including Kurt himself. I know. And in all seriousness, because I like to tease you, uh, I, I actually, I, I really did enjoy the column. I thought it was a nice, uh, I thought it was uh, a Hit piece. <laughs> I, thought it was, I thought it was well done. And it's good to hear that, that Kurt. <laughs> that cheap teacher's pet, Kurt Cragthorpe. <laughs> I can't believe that's what you Sail on, soldier. I cannot believe that that is what you're taking out of this. People need to read it and and tell me I'm not. Making this stuff Please up. Please read it and tell Jake that he is making this stuff up. That is not what you took away from this. <laughs> Just taking shots. <laughs> How'd you like the story right. about when he hit Bob, Bobby, Bobby Knight with his uh, golf shot? That was a great story. Yeah, yeah, that was a great story. I I actually had not heard that story either. So yeah. that was a that was a. New I one had for to me. remind Kurt of that story. I think he'd forgotten about it, but I do remember that he told me that in like back in then, aught six or something. So uh, anyway, I thought it was nice. And, and Kurt uh, getting a, a fond farewell from a lot of voices around the sports media market here and uh, well-deserved. And he, uh, we're going to miss his voice. If you know Kurt. We're going to miss that waffle. If you, <laughs> if you know Kurt, you know that he, he doesn't really, I mean, he doesn't seek out recognition or anything. And he's, he's quite humble about these things. But but he did tell me earlier today, he said, you know, I really didn't want to get all that much credit. But, uh, you know, I'm finding out that it feels pretty good. <laughs> Not the worst thing in the world. <laughs> no, to be praised. So uh, we're praising you today, Kurt. Nice, nice job. Nice career. And uh, nothing but good going forward. Gordon just makes his picks and tells me what's left over. <laughs> That's what's passing for praise these days. <laughs> we're, we're, he lived. Hit peace. He was here. Oh, my gosh. He wrote about sports. He was employed. <laughs> made, made Gordon look lavish in the way he was. 
he was traveling by comparison. Kurt did uh, tell me that one of the editors told him once that uh, because of his frugality, he created more opportunities for other people to go cover things as well. <laughs> Which is it's very not, uh, nice of him. Not something we can say about, <laughs> about you either. By well, the way, I, love I always the one... thought if they wanted to send me somewhere, then I might as well go. I I was really proud of you though, for for including the the one time in your life that you tried to save the company money by <laughs> staying somewhere cheap. I love it. I love it how that made it into the column. Yeah, but it was in, in it was meant to compliment Kurt, right? Because I went out of my way to stay at a cheap hotel, and Kurt found a cheaper one. I'll bet Kurt hates your guts. Why? <laughs> you would be so hard what? to work with. He what? has to live in hotels with rats and no. roaches, no, you and you're understand. at the Ritz. You, you don't understand. First of all, I don't Flying stay in the, the day of. No, and... First of all, I don't stay at the Ritz. <laughs> Second of all, this is just who Kurt is. This is his comfort zone, and that's what the way he—so he doesn't hold it against anybody else that might do things a little differently Let's than see. he does. I'll cover—oh, uh, the youths are going to UCLA this year. I'll be at that one, if you wouldn't mind. And uh, would you mind covering the Northern Colorado non-conference game, Kurt? And seriously, the, the one time you venture outside of the realm of four stars makes it into the column. <laughs> Not true. Not true. No. I did think that was funny, though, that you looked in the comment section. Maybe said, not the one not time, stay here. but yeah. the most recent time. <laughs> certainly. <laughs> oh, certainly the most recent time. Oh, well, yeah. You, you know, the, right. ba- the background for that story is I didn't even really book that one. I agreed to go ahead and honor the booking, but the one who really booked it was Kevin Graham. Honor the booking? <laughs> he booked it, and then I went and looked it up, and it said... The first review, I did not feel safe in this place. Do not stay here. So, But we were already in there, so I did. And so then I went to brag to Kurt, and he said, I got you beat. So you didn't even try to save the company money, really? That was, no, that I, was, just, I just agreed. that didn't make it into the column. <laughs> yeah, this changes the whole <laughs> yeah, story. Right, it does change the whole story. <laughs> So you were bragging to Kurt about something that you didn't do, no, and he still undercut you. I didn't do it, but I, I agreed to it. Dealt with it. I could have bailed out of it and gone somewhere else. <laughs> I'm Gordon Monsey. Come on, you guys. You know what? This you, are, year, you, have, you have bent this totally out of whack. This year, this decade, is off to a uh, just a... <laughs> Terrific start. This has been my favorite start to a show that we've had in a while. I agree, coworker. This is this is coworker. You know what? It's I did been, not use the word coworker. You did right. when we were in the column. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Joe, who knows you both extremely well. Gordon pays tribute to his longtime coworker. Fellow well, human. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> that it's because it was a work relationship. And he was describing it as such. If he said Gordon's longtime friend, then that would seem somehow less than professional. And a lie. Mm, yeah, I don't know if I'm I'm buying what you're shoveling well, who, over who there. Doesn't like Kurt? Everybody <laughs> likes Kurt. I like Kurt. Who doesn't like him? 
All right. Oh, man. That was fun. She, that was fun. Oh, we should, you are we sweating <laughs> through that sweatshirt. <laughs> it was fun for you guys. I, I, I just, you look like Rocky well, working out right well, now. Well, I was sitting here looking. I was going, did, did I write that? Is that what I wrote? Really? I know I know. I might have amnesia now all of a sudden, but I don't remember a hit piece. <laughs> you, quote, you would have thought the cash was coming straight out of his pocket, not the company. Well, that's a compliment. Love you, guy. <laughs> It's a compliment. That's a, that's oh, here's an another one. Kindness. Quote, Kurt was and is legendary for such frugality. I think we get the point. <laughs> Kurt is the Scotty Pippen of sports writing. I mean, we got it. Oh, man. I, I'm glad you did clarify that he's not dying too. That that was the other that was the other part of the call. <laughs> oh yeah, but we we keep talking in past tense. As though he doesn't exist anymore, and he does. Oh, here's that part. The biggest compliment I can pay him is this. <laughs> Kurt was and is, he's not dying after all, a pro's pro. A pro's pro. That's about as nice as I know how to get. <sighs> he's not dying. That's the top. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I love it. Let's just take the pro's pro part out of it for a second here. Well, that was the uh, whole point of this sentence. The biggest compliment I can pay him is this. Kurt was and is. He's not dying after all. Yeah, he lived and, just, and lives now. <laughs> the biggest compliment I can get him is he's drawn See, breath. this is a classic example. He shares the air that we all share. This is this is a classic example of you, of you completely <laughs> twisting something. Because you are now admitting to leaving out the main point of the sentence. If I may tip my cap to his citizenship <laughs> that was and is. <laughs> oh, man. May he rest in peace. <laughs> oh, man. He Kurt, ate three meals Kurt, a day. I don't know if Kurt's listening, but Kurt, if you're listening, please call in and set these guys straight. I'll bet he doesn't call. Well, I mean... Oh, man. He might be busy right now, but I would prefer if he called so he could shut you guys up. You also kind of did hint at the, the fact that he he writes more columns than you do. That kind of seeped in there, too. Where did I write that? No, he just said, you know, you talked about how he's never shied away from or turned down assignments. Well, no. Well, I'm giving him credit. <laughs> what do I, what do I... I'm exasperated now. Meanwhile. Meanwhile, Meanwhile, you're writing weather reports at the RSL game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. It's gotta, we'll, we'll stop. We'll stop. I, uh, <laughs> we spent the whole segment with me defending myself 100. after writing a tribute to my friend and colleague? Coworker. <laughs> All right, listen. I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I thought it was good. I would encourage everybody to read it. I, I'm glad Kurt uh, liked it. I I, just, I think he liked it. I wasn't absolutely <laughs> sure, but I mean, I think he did. I just really enjoy teasing you. That is all. I, I would encourage all the droves of Kurt Cragthorpe fans out there to check out Gordon's column at SL Trip. See, this is this is Kurt's charm, is the fact that he he was he was he was completely selfless. Again, he, not dead. He <laughs> he would say, "Which games do you want?" You know, and I'd say, yeah, but... Uh, you know. Gordon just makes his picks and tells me what's left over. <laughs> he's such, That's not what he said. No, he's such an unselfish person. Uh, we, we have it here. <laughs> he did not. That's not that, how it went down. That's, I mean, that's what he said. Mm. Gordon mm. just makes his picks and tells me what's left over. <laughs> that's pretty cut and dry. Well, yeah, but he was kind of kidding. 
you know. <laughs> Kurt, I know my, I know how much uh, Corvallis uh, <laughs> you enjoy it up there. Uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let it's you November have that one. It's November 13th. Yeah, and uh, you know the annual Utah game in the Los Angeles area. You know that that's me. Um, <laughs> well, he knew my history down there, and so he you know Pullman, he, you uh, <laughs> Phoenix, me. Oh, totally. I've yeah. been to Pullman. I, don't, I I was in Pullman in a freaking snowstorm. Okay, so I've been there. I know. Provo eight thirty, not me. What are what are Utah State's road games this year? Yeah, those are all you. <laughs> Every single one. Oh, and would you man. mind hitting the Beehive Classic for me? <laughs> yeah, actually, I did the Beehive Classic this year. Yeah, and he did too, but because uh-huh, he never turned down an assignment. <laughs> it's true. God bless him. All right, stay tuned. (laughs) We'll talk about. We're gonna miss you, Kurt, big time. We'll talk about the Ute game coming up next. Stay tuned. Ninety-seven-five and twelve-eighty. The zone. (laughs) This is DJ and PK. Tim McComb joining us. The Jazz, Clarkson's coming in, giving them offense, the stretch. Maybe as good as it gets? Well, we saw this coming. They're in the midst of being able to play teams that aren't as good, and credit to the front office with their being really aggressive. Making moves on the fly is really difficult. I liken it almost to getting your car repaired on the freeway at 70 miles an hour. I mean, there's so much going on by the looks of it. I think that his presence just really kind of anchored that second unit and giving the Jazz a real pop off the bench. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. confidence in those first eight games um we were just uh focused and um as the year start going on injuries and stuff that like changed our schedules and how we prepared and stuff uh and i just feel like this last game um we took more of a vacation than really preparing for a game and um that really came and bite us in the butt all right, that was Tyler Huntley. Band of the day today is the Alan Parsons Project. Brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets to get the latest tour news and artists inside at LiveNation.com. Any particular inspiration for today's band? Uh, Gordon, you picked it. Well, Austin and I were talking about things that were related to Chicago. And uh, the Bulls used to use this song. They did. And then the jazz kind of... They stole lifted. it. <laughs> yeah. They started using it, so... That's how we came to okay. the Allen All right. Parsons Good party. times. Uh, things did not go well for the University of Utah in the Alamo Bowl, Gordon. And uh, I know you wrote a column about this as well. It's up uh, online at sltrib.com. And I thought you brought up 
the most uh, relevant question, I think, what everybody's thinking about. So uh, just kind of sum up that column and the question that you propose. Well, the question was essentially, was Utah a quality team that lost its way at the end, or was it a team that was made to look better than it really was? And that's a question for, I imagine every observer of the Utes this year is asking those questions. Some people said to me, well, you were propping them up all year long. I really thought this team was good. I really did. I was convinced of it. And maybe they were. And maybe they just tailed off at the end. But I think taking in that schedule, taking into consideration what the way the Utes looked so good the schedule did have something to do with it it was a down year for the Pac-12 and I know Oregon shined in the Rose Bowl by the way did you watch that game yeah wow what a game that was it had every aspect of football that you could ask for uh, and Oregon did find a way to beat Wisconsin but uh, down year for, for the Pac-12, obviously, and I think the Utes did benefit from that. Uh, they may have betrayed themselves at the end, just like you heard there from Tyler Huntley, not really taking the bowl game as seriously as they should have. And they looked bad in that game, Jake. I, I mean, I, I know they did not look good against Oregon, and that Verdell kid was breaking off those long runs and whatnot. But this against Texas, they were absolutely dominated by this team. And you can't tell me that that is a real reflection of who the Utes are. They were better than they showed. They betrayed themselves in that game. Now, they weren't as good as I thought they were, and they weren't as good as a lot of people thought they were, and they weren't as good as a lot of Utah fans thought they were who thought they deserved to be in the playoff before that Oregon loss. This team was not as good as we thought, but... And it did benefit from that schedule. But boy, I'll tell you, they they just they just were not anywhere near what we thought they were the way they played in the final two games. And obviously when you see something at the end, then that's that's your your thought moving forward as to how you're gonna hold in memory uh, what that team was. Unfortunate for the, from the, for their standpoint. I want to weigh in on your question because I thought your column was really, really good. Um, the bowl game is not going to change my perception of this Utah football team. It's just not. They didn't want to be there, and plus I think Oregon honestly broke them, and they they didn't recover. I mean, they, they just didn't. They could have, I guess, but they didn't. But isn't, the that, same isn't, problem. That, isn't that a reflection? Does that help define what a team is when, the, when they're able to be broken like that? Well, you, you throw in, you know, this was not the Super Bowl. It was yeah. the Alamo Bowl. Okay. Guys didn't play. Uh-huh. They had, you know, in, in the case of Julian Blackman, serious injuries. And and we've seen it in bowl games throughout the years. You know, you fans said for years, oh, don't say that Alabama didn't want to be there. They didn't. They didn't. And it, and it had an impact on that game. Now, now shame, so on, shame on them. And Utah showed up to play. And thus Utah's rewarded with the W. And that's how it goes. So it giveth and it taketh. But let's not pretend that it doesn't exist because it absolutely does. Yeah, well, it sure a, looked like it. There's a reason that the loser of the Pac-12 title game is yet to win their bowl game. And I thought Oregon exposed some things about about Utah that we didn't see as they were romping through the dregs of the conference. Like, they really are vulnerable, vulnerable to a dual-threat quarterback. They yeah. are. That's a thing. Uh-huh. And the offensive line is, it, we knew it was inexperienced, and I think there was some smoke and mirrors there. And 
it was the we absolute found, weak point of that team. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And and they were. I heard Hans explain it on his show, and and there were other things going on. I'm not heaping all of the blame onto the offensive line, but that unit was. Uh, you put it well. Was was the weak the weak point? And as I was thinking of that point. Uh, I was thinking of something that I think it was John Wilner wrote about a year ago in Austin. I don't know if you remember this, if it was Wilner or not, but examine the slump of the Pac-12. And he focused in on the number one reason was recruiting defensive linemen, hmm. that the, yeah. they haven't recruited or developed good defensive linemen, and as a result, teams have slipped. Well, we thought the Utes had taken care of that. Well, I, I'm I'm thinking that's how Utah actually has remained consistently pretty good in the league, is they always have good D linemen, but and Oregon usually has good D linemen, but the rest of the league, yeah, USC historically has had good D linemen, but I mean, Utah played against a lot of bad D lines, and so when they played against good D lines, all of a sudden it's like, oh man, that that inexperience is really is really showing itself. So, I I am mad at myself a little bit for buying into the hype too much. Because I thought that they would beat Oregon, and I was on Oregon all year you were, long. You were very uh, effusive in your praise of the Ducks, and so I've kind of done some reflection as to okay, why did I, why did I buy in so much? Because the Utes were dominating opponents, right? Right. But it, it it almost I knew that they were a good team. I knew that they were going to be a good team. I didn't think they'd be elite. Now I'll tell you what else threw me, Gordon, is Tyler Huntley was better than I thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. And maybe he feasted on some bad opponents too, and that was a little misleading. But I thought he he made changes to his game that I didn't expect him to make, and they were very effective. And so I I think that's part of the reason that but I talked myself into it. When the offensive line broke down, then then the, those strengths that we had noticed in him were no longer apparent right. because he didn't have time. He was running for his life. Yes, we used that a few times this year, and that was that was true in all three of the losses. Yep, one hundred percent. And meanwhile, like you said, Kyle Whittingham has always talked about dual threats quarterback, quarterbacks being his biggest fear or one of his his emphasis, the things that he was afraid of as a defensive guy. And that's what happened here. I mean, Sam ran for uh, 73 yards and a touchdown and threw for three touchdowns and 201 yards. That's, uh, that's being effective in both directions. Well, listen, uh, Herbert, Justin Herbert, had hardly run the ball all year long. And then Oregon goes up against Utah in the Pac-12 title game and he's Michael Vick out there. I mean, that's not that's not an accident. That's the that's the opposing coach seeing well, something. Well, he had a couple a of nice runs against Wisconsin too in right. the Rose Bowl. Right. And they kept it. And Wisconsin, by the way, kind of a similar team yeah, to Utah. I thought so that too. It you know, that that vulnerability is real and it's still there. And yet that Ingram kid, he ran for 108 yards. See, and this had is a touchdown and and this is what we were thinking uh, teams could not do against the Utes. We talked to that, and Austin, help help remind me, we talked to uh, a, a Texas guy last week who told us that they were going to establish the run, and you and I both came out of that interview going, really? No way. You'd think that they'd just be, was it Nick Bromberg? It the was. Yahoo Sports yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was really good, by the way, and, and obviously knows his stuff because they came out and wanted to run the ball. And, and Texas got that 10-0 lead, then they went up 17-zip. Next thing you know, it's 24-3. And and then the Utes stir, they have a little life, and they're coming, you know, they score the touchdown, and you think, huh, okay, two touchdowns down, maybe they can do something. And who gets the next two touchdowns? Texas. So it was... One, uh, more, one more quick realization from mm-hmm. me. Um, 
with that game and actually kind of toward the, down the stretch, the evolution of Andy Ludwig has been a big story, right? Uh-huh, yeah. Since he, he left Utah and, you know, what he's picked up on the way and now he, he, he's coming back. I think we were reminded Ludwig's still going to Ludwig. He's going to outthink himself, like fourth and shorts and things like that. It's not going to be, you know. Well, think- it helps when you have an offensive line that can grade the road a little bit. But I, and, and given Hans credit again here, he gave a great breakdown on that fourth and a foot or whatever it was and how they run the, the zone read and how you're four yards behind that. You know, you've got to get a foot and you're starting off the play four yards back with his weight going back. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, what happened to the QB sneak? Let's, let's get that going. Or some sort of downhill run or some, some, something with a high percentage to succeed as opposed to, you know, making yourself vulnerable to a tackle for loss. Like, just o- almost outthinking the situation. And he did that before when he was at Utah. Okay, so let me ask, uh, let's get to the meat of the issue here, essentially. What, if the Utes had been mentally up to speed, would they have been physically dominated the way they were in that game? No, I don't think so. Not, not to say that they would have won because they were thoroughly uh, defeated in this in this outcome. But yeah, if they were more focused and prepared, I mean, we because sometimes teams teams that play weak schedules or relatively weak schedules, and then they lose in their bowl game and they lose at the end of the year. Sometimes we do define them completely or or nearly completely with that kind of ah, see, you never were really all that good. You know, and sometimes it's not true. Sometimes a team is good, but they they just fall off the cliff at the end. It happens. We've seen it happen time and time again. So that was the the, the crux of the question. Then, did the Utes just did they benefit from that easy schedule, and they never were as good as we thought they were, or were they really kind of a quality team? And they just lost their focus, their will, their drive at the end of the season. So that shouldn't diminish what they achieved earlier. And then the kicker, and the question I was asking in my column was, which of those two scenarios, if you're a fan of the team, which of those two scenarios is worse? Um, Being good and then falling um, off at the end? Or just not really being all that good to begin with? And not being able to follow through on account of that at the end. Which would you prefer? The latter is probably worse because at least in the former, you had the those that month where you thought you were truly elite. You were riding that high, and but you were in but, the conversation. But isn't that an indictment on a team not to not be able to follow through at the end? Uh, yeah, it is. Well, neither scenario is good, Gordon, because neither scenario ends with victory. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're picking between. Uh, a rotten apple and a rotten egg. I mean, it's it's <laughs> neither is neither is particularly good. I I, I however take a rotten apple. I don't think I want a rotten egg. I however think about where that egg came from. I however would take. I I think Utah falls into the latter. I think they were good, not elite, and I think a lot of people tried to talk themselves into Utah being elite, and they just weren't. And that was not demonstrated in the Texas game again because I'm not. I mean, I'm not. That's not functioning in my calculation all that much they didn't want to be there whatever the Oregon game however they're not better than the Ducks mm-hmm. they were good but they're not better than Oregon they're not better than the Ducks they weren't elite they weren't the best team in the league this year were they the second best team? yes yeah absolutely I believe that 100 percent 
with USC right there as a fairly close third. Well, the only reason the Utes got into that championship game was because SC had to play Oregon during the regular season and Utah didn't. Yep, that's part of it. But, man, they were so dominant against uh, – I mean, they were dominant. They, they, they dominated Arizona State, and Arizona State found a way to beat the Ducks. That game was the, the crazy one, and, and that's where Oregon fans should really be bent out of shape. Because that stumble cost them big time. Yeah. And I, we watched, I watched that whole game. Yep. And I, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. No. And because Arizona State is one of the better Pac 12 teams. They weren't great this year, but they were one of the better teams. Good enough to beat you if you didn't show up. And Oregon showed up too late because they played well at times in that game, but they showed up too late. And Arizona State, good enough to get you, especially at home. So, I mean, if, if, I'm, if we're doing the, the old radio show in Eugene today, that's, I mean, that's the one that's really got to irritate you, right? Because if you you you'd be in the playoff, and you you know what they do a heck of a lot better than Oklahoma too, in my opinion. They got to be thinking like, man, how how do you go down to the desert and drop uh, and that, that one? That was a big focus of yesterday's Rose Bowl. Both of those teams may have done better than Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and it's just one of those things that happens. I don't know. I don't know how you fans should feel. Maybe uh, most of the Ute fans out there have processed this, and you're okay. You turn the calendar year, moving forward, looking for positive things. But it has to be a bit of a, an anchor dragging behind you because you're thinking of the progress the Ute program has made. Now they lose all those seniors. Where do they go from here? Next year will be a, a, a bit of a, a refresh, but I, I don't think – I mean, as long as Witt's there, I think your years of really being down in the league are behind you because their recruiting's pretty good, and they, they usually have uh, the next class ready to go. But they're not going to win the division next year, or I wouldn't pick them to anyway. Could they go back to a 5-7 and seven scenario? That's what I'm saying. I don't think it would get that bad. Hmm. Maybe. Uh, we'll see. New quarterback. But they're bringing in this, this senior from South Carolina, so yeah. maybe maybe he can come in and— and keep the ship afloat, but oh, I, I wonder. You know, you mentioned about the fans. Like, I uh, there was so much vitriol. If you even burped something like, "Oh, Tyler Huntley's pass in the third quarter was uh, a little bit off," you would have thought <clears throat> that you insulted the guy's mother. I mean, the the way that people were reacting well, we were and, talk- and, the, and the 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 naughty words we, that were being used. We, the, we were talking, Jake, about uh, whether the prejudice, if that's what you want to call it or bias against teams in the West, against Utah, would keep them out of the playoff. And you and I were dragged through the, the hot coals for even suggesting such a thing. Right. So, you know, I just, I I wonder how those people are, are coping with it because they, uh, you know, I don't particularly like being on the receiving end of that sort of thing, but the, those fans out there really believe that, you know? Like, if you're that passionate about something and just have your heart broken in the end, that's got to be horrible. Well, it must be horrible. You know, have people say it's a great day to be a Ute. Well, these aren't great days to be a Ute. No, it's tough. Because but, because it, the team didn't end up being what folks thought it was and what I thought it was. Yeah. And I think what you thought it was to some extent. Yeah, I, 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 I told you at the beginning of the segment, I am kicking myself a little bit for, for buying into it at the end. But I, I see good reasons for buying in. I mean, you weren't doing it out of any other reason other than the evidence that was in front of you. Yep. Which was a bunch of soft teams. Well, well you sure kick their trash around. Right. 
but you play some teams that aren't so soft, and the Utes got run over. I just couldn't believe the way Texas dominated the Utes uh, physically. Yeah. Just so I mean, did Oregon. Dirk, Dirk used the term after the Oregon game that uh, Utah got out Utahed, and it happened again. Yep. But I, I, I'm serious. I think Oregon broke Utah a little bit. I think that's that's part of it. Mm. That's that's a loss that that it takes a while to get past because they were they were physically dominated. Yeah, I mean, all were. all the things that you can you you can like count on a Utah being good at. Oregon did it better. Like True. all that all that physical stuff. You know, all that we're gonna punch you in the mouth. Uh, blah 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 blah. Oregon did it better, and so did Texas. But I think the the Texas one was more fallout. From the, Oregon. the Pac-12 championship game was much more important. Much more important. And remember all that confidence that they were building after the USC game? We talked about it a lot. This is a real confident bunch, mm-hmm. on and on. Well, that, that went from 10 to 0 after that Oregon debacle. So I, I do think that they lost to the Ducks twice. I'm not trying to justify anything. I just think that that was I, – I think that's legit. So let me throw this out there, and you can, uh, you can tweet at us, uh, at Gordon Monson, at Jake Scott Zone. What evaluation, what final evaluation do you have of the Utes now that all the all the evidence is in the cupboard? What what do you make of what the Utes just did? Really good team, not elite. That's that's and where if it's you going were to give me. them a grade or give them a number from zero to ten, where do you where do you put them? Well, going back to our preseason expectations, they did exactly what I expected them to do. So how do you grade that out? Because I said that they'd at least win the division. Yeah, but the the most of the media picked them to win the league. Uh-huh. And they but uh, I'm saying my expectations. So how do I personally grade somebody that does like just like if they overachieved I'd go with an A, but they did just Well, yeah, but I've heard people say you give them an A minus. I don't know how you can give them an A minus with the way the season ended. So that one game against Oregon meant that much. That and then coupled with what happened with Texas. And you can't just completely forget about what happened in the Coliseum. Yeah, that wasn't good. I thought the Utes, I th- I, they were supposed to win the conference, and they didn't. All right. We want to remind you, start your new year off fresh and clean with a call to Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Get three rooms of carpet cleaned for just eighty nine ninety five. Schedule with Zero Res today online at ZeroResSaltLake.com. Talk a little jazz basketball coming up next. Chris Mannix, top of the 4 o'clock hour. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. We're talking about Clarkson being the spark that has now answered some of these problems. Sparkson. Jordan Sparkson exactly. came up with a great nickname. I did on accident. People aren't loving your nickname. So First far, of all, Tony. I did not give him that nickname. You did. No, you said it, and I just formulated it for you. Sparkson. Yeah. I said it. You came up with it. No. Like, you, you created no, you it, did. and I presented it. We're in this together. I, I, You're stocked, and I'm alone. No. You pass, I score. No. That's how it goes. No, somebody deflected it. You caught it and laid it in, and now you want to give me an assist. You don't want an assist? Not on this one. It's a good nickname that you came up with. No. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.
Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about the Ford Fan Zone. Purchase an all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dog, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream starting as low as 37 bucks a ticket. Visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket now. Gordon, uh, the Jazz, back in action tonight in Chicago to take on the Bulls and your guy, Jim Boylan. <laughs> what a time to be alive that Jim Boylan is a head coach in the NBA. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I mean, he was a lousy coach with the Utes. How was anyone expecting him to be a great head coach in the NBA? Where Ball didn't go in the hoop. The com- competitive level is so very, very strong. Um uh, I see the show up. And I, I think that Jim Boylan's a good assistant coach. He's just a lousy head coach. Yeah. Show some class. I, I don't know. Is he a good <laughs> assistant coach? Sure. I, I think guess. He, well, I mean, he, I don't he, know. Has, he has some strengths. But uh, his, at least when he was with the Utes, his methodology for fixing things was to throttle it. That's a good word for it. Yeah. And that wasn't the answer. No. And he lost his players, and he lost his job. Well, you know, he lost his players with the Bulls pretty much the day he took the job, because didn't they mutiny on him? Like, yeah, they his did. First week? And, but the management there wanted him to be the tough guy and to sort of clean things up and whatnot. It, it ain't going so well. But I don't like taking shots at Jim. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I mean, why would I want to take a shot at Jim? I he mean, would never want to do that. Um, is it just an... because you know he apologized to me and forgot his wallet? But you know, I mean, you know. is it amazing how you to show up? You know, you can usually spot good managed franchises and bad managed franchises. It's amazing how poorly run the Bulls have been since Michael Jordan's uh, departure. True. And what was that dude's name? Jerry Krause yeah. after he uh, he left. And now you've got Paxson, who's just terrible. <laughs> well, that's one word for it. Terrible. I mean, it's, it's, pre- it's pretty amazing. You know, the Jazz were so very smart in trying to reestablish, you know, the old cliche, a culture, leadership within the program that went from top to bottom. And you can see it. Yeah. Regardless of where the Jazz are on the spectrum right now, you can see what they were trying to accomplish and to what large measure they did accomplish. And they are accomplishing. When you look at the Bulls, what do you think? Disaster. They hired Jim Boylan. How do you do that? Um, I'm probably the wrong guy to ask. Wow. I just... Nailed it. I just... You know, and I and I don't hold anything against him really, but I just think he's not a good coach. No, he's not. Well, why don't why why doesn't Paxson know that? Because he was on Greg Popovich's staff, Gordon, yeah. and so that. But see, Popovich could use someone like Boylan, moron, idiot, <laughs> stupid, right down the line. Jeez, I. That was that was aggressive. Well, that was my that goodness. Was a, a drop there. From my Austin. goodness. But but uh, yeah, you can see it. It's evident in what's going on with the team. It is disorganized, and uh, there is no sort of the old idea of what was the name of that book? Uh, Boys in the, the Bible. Oh, 
Boys in the Boat. Yeah, yeah the, did you read that? No, but I've heard it's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's a good book. Everybody just hitting stride together with a purpose in mind. That's I think of that when I see the Jazz. I do not think of that when I see the Bulls. And I don't know what's going to happen tonight. In the NBA, anything crazy can happen. But obviously the Jazz are years, light years ahead of where the Bulls are right now. Coming up next, we'll talk to Chris Mannix, your NBA Daily Assist. And don't forget that uh, Jazz Game Night pregame show starts at the top of the 5 o'clock hour. Tim Lacombe will be along for the ride. Stay tuned. Big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.